Hey, I'm Nick DiMatteo, and welcome to Music Is Not a Genre's Podfast. Oh, I, uh, I'm not sure how that happened. I don't even know how I'm... Oh, God, I guess it's best not to ask questions. Okay, anyway, let's get right to it, because it is a podfast. This is podfast number nine, and it is quick takes from the continuum number three, which, of, of course, if you've uh, tuned in before, it's how I do my uh, talks or reviews of uh, recent releases or mostly recent releases. And this one's only going to feature five this time. I think I did eight last time, and that was whatever. The, these five are... Metallica's new album, Depeche Mode's new album, 100 Gecks' new album, Block Party, I'll explain that, new-ish album, and then an artist named Bully and some of her compatriots. That's what this is going to be about. Let's just jump right into it. So Metallica, their album was released on April 14th. It's called 72 Seasons. It's their 11th album. They were formed in 81. Their first album came out in 83. And my subtitle for this is called Thrash to Future Past, which if you're watching, you saw that pop up on the screen. Now I'm telling you listeners out there because you're very important to me too. It is their first proper album since 2016's Hardwired to Self-Destruct. I, for one, love their return to thrash metal. I saw them recently on a talk show appearance where they did Master of Puppets. And even though I've enjoyed stuff from all of their periods, it's cool that at this point, 40-some years in, and at the ages they are, and especially the ones who have been there since forever, have decided, well, we're going to get back and kind of embrace where we started. Uh, it's got the energy. It's got all the, the all the musicianship and the vocals are, I mean, I think James Hetfield's voice has probably gotten a lot, you know, like better and better with age. And the fact that they aren't shooting for the charts. They're not trying to create giant hits. They know they have a built-in fan base. They know they're legends at this point. So they're doing the things that they want to do. I think it's excellent to put on to create that kind of mood. I was I was talking to uh, my wife a couple of weeks ago. about I put on music. I requested that the device play uh you know heavy metal and they went to 80s metal fine that's fine there's some good stuff there i mean in a sense metallica is 80s metal although i wouldn't really call them quite that because you think of hair metal and stuff but what i wanted was something that you'd want to bang your whole head and body to because i find that uh often soothing and this album absolutely fits that bill there's there's some hooks on there i think that it bears repeated listening in that initially not a lot of it is sticky but it's complex and lyrics especially uh very kind of mature show experience and all of that uh, complex and there's some humor in the lyrics too if you're really listening uh the kind of stuff that you wouldn't pick up right away and you're not going to come out humming a lot of the stuff that's on there it's it's more again bears repeated listen you should listen to it two three four times to really get a sense of uh where your favorite stuff is and how good some of this stuff is i like how they mix that early thrash metal period with their more middle uh you know poppy not pop but you know just traditional song type period and a dash of new stuff from some type of a new perspective there I I do like the lyrics and the darkness uh, the it comes in both uh, some serious ways and some fun ways which is nice at this point for them to be able to do that. I think production wise I would have liked just a teensiest bit more air 
I, I, I think that as far as today's production standards, excellent. You can hear everything. It's, it's, it's tight, but I feel as though it's, uh, could have used, if not a little reverb or gate or some other thing. And I think that's because it sounds in some ways so much like their early work, which was produced in the eighties, which of course was going to have more of that air in it that my brain was saying, where is that? So in a way that's their statement of, well, no, this is now we're doing this now. We're not going to try and recreate that sound. And I guess that's sort of where my brain, you know, went and it's a beefy production. It's beefy. It really, you can feel it, you know, it's the way it should be. My favorites on here are screaming suit, Suicide, sleepwalk my life away. You must burn, especially crown of barbed wire. If darkness had a sun, and especially too far gone. I also love that it's a long album that they finished uh, with a song called Enamorada, which is eleven minutes long, and has a little lick in there that sounds a little bit like uh, Lenny Kravitz's "Are You Gonna Go My Way," but it goes in many other ways and places as well. That's Metallica's album, 72 Seasons. A little before there, we're going in reverse order, more or less. Depeche Mode released their new album, uh, their first in several years. It's their 15th album. It's called Memento Mori. And the subtitle I have for this section is Depress Mood. Funny, huh? It was released on March 24th. Uh, they were formed in 1980. Their first album came out in 1981. So they kind of parallel uh, Metallica. And uh, sound exactly alike, don't they? Yeah. Uh, this is, of course, an album that has come after the uh, unexpected death of Andy Fletcher, one of the you know key members of Depeche Mode. And so you can hear the death of Andy looming in this entire album, as it should. And, and, it's, a, and it's apropos for De- Depeche Mode because they've always had that darkness about them for one reason or another. Uh, it That said... I, I wish that at least some of the songs had had more energy. And while you get where they're coming from all this and, and, and where the you know a lot of the material came from, I think that it could have been done. There's some that could have been done. Like there were songs where I thought the beat was going to drop and it never did. And that's that's a choice and that's fine. They're not going for the dance floors like they have some at some points in the past. They've done Darkness super well, uh, you know, as well in their own way as Metallica. So there's that connection there. But I still think they could have maintained that integrity of the lyrics they were going for with a little bit more, you know, uh, dark bounce, if you want to call it that. It's interesting to me that Richard Butler from the Psychedelic Furs co-wrote a lot of this. Uh, it It would seem like an excellent pairing. And I think for a lot of the songs it is. Because I love the Furs, I love Richard Butler's voice, and I mean it's not on here uh, as far as I know, unless he did backup vocals. But his style to me lends itself much more readily to standard rock band arrangements, you know, and and with the synths kind of coming in and out of there, the way the Furs are known for, as opposed to Depeche Mode, which is sort of the opposite ratio there, where it's very electronic, heavy with some with the live instruments there, and to me. There's such an insularity to it because of that, uh, you know, the way it was produced and that combination of their style with Richard Butler's style, that that may be one reason why it can be a little too ponderous at times. But listen, I'm making it sound like this it wasn't a good album. And, and it is. It's heartfelt. It's real. It's emotional. Some great lyrics, some great sounds. In fact, the sounds span to me the entire history of synths. 
And you listen to it, you hear things that are like, oh, that's a 90s sound. Oh, that's an 80s. That one's actually from the 70s, you know, or 60s. Uh, this is something that could have happened in the 2000s or 2010s. So I like that they're so up on that and so into that, that they can create that kind of layered and, and amalgamated quality to it. It's, and then that, to me, it's not stuck in an era, which is very nice. And, you know, the lyrics uh, we've kind of talked about. Uh, the cover of the album is by Anton Corbijn, I believe you pronounce it. If you know, it's C-O-R-B-I-J-N. You've seen the name. It's worked with a lot of musicians, both as a photographer and a, a director for music videos. They did the music video for Ghosts again. I might have done a couple of others for this album, but uh, cool cover worth checking out. The songs I like from here, Ghosts Again, Don't Say You Love Me which is sort of a more subdued I Feel You. Ghost Again was the single, by the way. Soul With Me, which is a throwback sound in some interesting ways and better than you think it's going to be. Caroline's Monkey, which is fun and clearly a Richard Butler lyric uh, and just the way that it rolls off. Before We Drown, Never Let Me Go. Speak to Me is just incredibly haunting in all the right ways, and it's a great outro. Hello, Pantheon Podcast listeners. Christian Swain here to tell you more about my experience with Raycon earbuds. Our family now has three pairs of Raycon earbuds around the house, and my wife just grabbed a pair of the headphone pros to replace some headphones from a company that was double the price. And yes, she loves them. Now, if you haven't pulled the trigger on a pair of Raycons, or even if you have, but you're in the market for another pair because they're just that good, well, now is the time to check them out because they just launched their upgraded model of the best-selling everyday earbuds. With Raycon's upgraded everyday earbuds, now you also get active noise cancellation, ergonomic design, and multi-point connectivity that lets you pair with two devices at once. New quick charge function, three customizable sound styles, plus awareness mode. Available in a variety of vibrant new colors to complement any and all skin tones. I even have a pair of earbuds in a cool green color. I have tried just about every earbud known to humankind, and these Raycons are fantastic. Seriously, if you've been wanting to check out Raycons, there truly is no better time. You're going to ask yourself why you didn't check them out sooner, and Raycon offers a 30-day happiness guarantee. So, what are you waiting for? Go to buyraycon.com pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order, plus free shipping. That's right, you'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com pantheon. Buyraycon.com pantheon. Which brings me to an album released the week before, March 17th, by 100 Gex. Sub, I subtitle this section, 10 Musics. And it's 10,000 Gex. It's the album. They were formed in 2015. This is their second album. They are known as a hyperpop band, which I have a love-hate relationship with. Uh, I, I think that it's important to point out that nothing comes from nothing and that there are a lot of elements of hyperpop that have been around for a long time, something that I'm going to mention in a second. This is their major label debut, which melds their hyperpop style with various forms of indie rock. That's all I'm going to say because it goes in various different places. It's not just all one type of indie rock that's combined. They maintain a lot of the glitchiness, a lot of the, uh, kind of tongue-in-cheek lyrics or uh, smarmy kind of smart-ass lyrics, uh, w- which often work and often get a little overbearing. 
Uh, but that to me is just their style. It reminded me, and you may not know this band, but you go back and listen and you tell me if it doesn't remind you of them. Pop Will Eat Itself, P-W-E-I, from the late 80s, early 90s. Listen to that band. And then listen to 100 Gex, especially this album, which combines that rockiness with the glitchiness and the hyper-poppiness. And tell me that there's not a connection there. In fact, the whole album has kind of a turn of the 80s, 90s, feel combined with a turn of the 90s into the O's, which is an interesting combination and that was a little bit unexpected and makes it intriguing enough that I've listened to it more than once and have enjoyed most of it. Uh, I'm not going to say it's a great album because I don't know if they necessarily had a place where they're doing great things, but they are doing intriguing things. It's important for a band that started out both so innovative in their own way, although again, nothing comes from nothing, but also very gimmicky, that they find a way to expand their palette before they become self-parodying. I think that this album is sort of a midway between that. It's a yes-no. They have done certain things and added certain things that have brought them out of where they have come from in ways that still uh, you know, make it compatible, but have not necessarily uh, morphed on certain other things like lyrics that might take them into a place that would expand their palate even more. And yet, again, some really good stuff. Uh, to me, and th- any band or group, artist, person, who has this initial innovation that comes from something that's kind of gimmicky, it's often masking some pretty conventional and uninventive ideas. And that's where the turning point really is, is what is next? What can you do? with this stuff that you have come onto the scene with that's that's different from things that are out there and where's your substance you know where's the change point that's going to give you a longer career and i think this album asks that question but doesn't quite answer it uh it continues a trend of female leads taking over music dominated by bros, which I'm going to talk about at the end of this podcast. I think that's awesome. And even though she's not the only one doing vocals on here, I don't think uh, that's, it's important. And I think it's good, especially with the attitude that this band has. Uh, I think that if they continue down this road, that they're still working toward their best work, but it's a worthy step in the journey. Uh, then my f- songs I like from this, Dumbest Girl Alive is a good opener. Hollywood Baby is, I think, the most hooky and memorable. Frog on the Floor reminds me of late 80s alt-punk, like Dead Milkmen, and also reminds me of Ween. And if you know those bands at all, you'll understand why. Billy Knows Jamie, to me, is the most derivative song because it's very limp biscuity and of course it does have the hundred gex feel to it but you know a friend of mine said it's a little too much like that kind of music and this song i think would be the one that would stand out as that but still decent uh one million dollars is so pwei you again listen to that band just listen to that band and me 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 is a, is a kind of a cool song i wanted to like i got my tooth removed i really did because it's ska and it's, a, it's an interesting kind of ska. But at that point in the album, that, that kind of jokiness had just worn thin to me. Which brings me to one that I'm throwing in here that is a year old now. It was released on April 29th, 2022, before I was doing podcasts and anything like this. I think it deserves a, a listen and a re-listen because it's something that has come up for me a couple of times in conversation recently and with some of my bandmates. And it is the relatively new Block Party album 
Alpha Games, released April 29th, 2022, like I said. Band formed 1999. This is only their sixth album. They've been through a couple of personnel changes, the drummer especially. The subtitle for this section is Fierce Femme Energy. Uh, I think that this album, Alpha Games, brings them back to form. And I know that that has a sort of a half insult to the stuff that came in between, but it's not meant to be that. I think that they were exploring more electronic sounds, et cetera, and dance floor sounds, and that's fine. I think that the kind of live, like super dynamic, just grip you and not let you go feel from their first two albums and their first album especially is back in many ways on Alpha Games. If you start with a song like Callum is a Snake, I think you'll understand what I mean by that and it does come closest to recreating that those feel and the and the dynamism of those first two albums but still mixes in their next period where they went electronic it has a lot of those electronic elements they've always been more effective as an organic band they just have and i so i think it's good that for this one they're keeping the electronics as more of a you know sweetener than as the substance and the foundation and i think it's partly because of their relatively new drummer, not super new, but uh, the first album she's been on, Louise Bartle, is incredible, matches the energy, skill, and inventiveness of the original drummer. And her vocals are a an absolutely welcome addition to this band. Talk about femme energy, the drums, the vocals. Kele Okereke, who is gay and has been out since 2010, is very gender fluid in that way. And there's all of that. But her vocals remind me of the way Juliana Hatfield contributed vocals to the Lemonheads or something like that. Like there's there's that kind of feel to it. And I really love it. I like almost every track on the album, but especially You Should Know the Truth, Callum is a Snake, which grows on you the more you listen to it, Sex Magic, and If We Get Caught, which is probably the most beautiful song on the album, and you can hear Louise Bardo's vocals on there. Last but not least, I'm getting to an artist by the name of Bully. Her actual name is Alicia Bognano, or Bognano, depending on where you're from. And the subtitle of this is Women Now Rightfully Rule. She's been around since 2013, started as a band, and is now a solo project, which I can certainly relate to. There's no, uh, the new album isn't out yet. It's coming out June 2nd, so it's just a weird thing to be talking about, but I wanted to give you an alert because some singles have come out, and there's a single, Days Move Slow, which is absolutely freaking awesome. It is, it is a grunge-tinged power pop that a lot more of is coming out now. You have some, like I said, some compatriots, uh, uh, Soccer Mommy, Beach Bunny, Meet Me at the Altar, Bia Badoobie, the Linda Lindas. There's so many that I'm forgetting. There's one from LA who has the, she's a model and she sings lead and I can't remember the name of that band, but there's so much of that happening now. And when you get a song as good as Bullies days move slow. You understand why this is such an awesome thing. Because again, this is uh, women taking over a genre or a couple of different genres that were dominated by men and making it their own, but just as freaking dynamic and powerful and good and hooky and all of that. Uh, she also released a single with Soccer Mommy called Lose You. Uh, Hard to Love is a, another good song that I enjoy. And an older song of hers, Feel the Same. 
I think when you listen, if you know older music, if you think of bands like Veruca Salt, The Breeders, you think of Liz, Liz Fair, you think of Juliana Hatfield, it comes up again, even a little bit of PJ Harvey, you'll get a sense of the kind of pedigree here and the reinventing some of that stuff and bringing it into the, the, the current, uh, you know, uh, conversation is absolutely awesome. And a special honorable mention, and so I'm talking about women, Feist is returning, uh, with a single borrow trouble i don't know what plans are for a new album i'm sure there will probably be one this is one of the best songs i've heard from her and the most alive that i've heard her in years uh quick ending to this as it is a pod fast the song i'm featuring is a song called don't get me high from syzygy for the weird it's uh in honor of depeche mode you'll get the sense of why that is when you listen to it It has that electronic but also guitary but uh, dark and also point uh, poignant but also very pointed feel and even has a bit of a block party feel to it that's it i'm really glad that i somehow was reconstituted after that insanity at the beginning of this episode and that's all for podcast number nine i will talk to you next week
It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points. Fantasy Points. 